is Alicia Christian, and welcome to the Eating Me Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Eating Me Podcast. This is Alicia, and I am so excited for you all to hear this episode today. So many of you have asked about endometriosis and just reproductive health in general as it relates to nutrition and eating, and you are in for a treat. I had the opportunity to talk with Dr. LJ Johnson. She is a certified women's health and nutrition coach, and she focuses on nutrition and healthy habits to improve the quality of life of those suffering from disease caused by hormonal imbalance. So she focuses on providing care to those suffering with endometriosis, PCOS, insulin resistance, thyroid disease, fibroids, obesity, you know, and the list can go on and on in that regard. So she, in her actual program that is called the Endo Warrior Academy, she focuses on whole food nutrition to heal the body from inside out. She's, and like I said, she is a certified women's health and nutrition coach, and she focuses on this healthy eating habits and nutrition to improve the quality of life of those suffering from disease caused by hormonal imbalance. I am excited for you all to hear this actual episode, and we had a great time during this particular conversation. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. LJ Johnson. Hi, everyone. This is Alicia, and welcome to the Eat Me podcast. I am so delighted today to have Dr. LJ Johnson with us. Um, she is a powerhouse. We've been talking actually <laughs> a lot before um, we actually went live uh, just now. And I am I, I'm beyond excited, one, because she is here to talk to us about womb health. Um, and in terms of just how we are managing our reproductive organs um, on a level of nutrition and also with exercise. So I'm just going to actually turn it over to her because I want her to talk about her story because she has an amazing story about how she even got into, you know, providing these services to women in general. Um, and also just on the um, idea of her even being, I didn't even realize she was a psychologist. So like, I mean, and when I tell you even beyond her being a psychologist, providing services in terms of womb health, she is just also, you were sharing that you also provide um, coaching around like, like business profiles as well? Yes. Yeah, so I do some business coaching as well for health and wellness. Um, I just landed an amazing contract where I'm helping them with a big self-care health and wellness. I know we were talking about, right, those multiple streams of income. I'm like, baby, I got to put all this education to work. And I love it. So if you don't mind, just share with us, like one, how did, how did you get to a point of one pivoting into a, well, you started in mental health, mm-hmm. but then pivoting into, you know, providing care for people with um, reproductive health concerns. If you could share, that would be, because it's so interesting to me. Absolutely. I, as we were talking before, and so for many of you, I just want to say, buckle up, baby, I talk fast. I'm going to try to talk as slow as I can, but you don't have to grab them gems while you can. Maybe hit rewind because there's going to be a lot coming out. I am excited about re- womb health, reproductive health, but here's the deal. 
I pivoted my business because of my own journey, just Mm. like we were talking about. I say it on almost every podcast. If you know me, I don't come from the high horse. So this is what I learned in school. This is the cookie cutter protocol that works for everyone. Look here. I come from the low horse that been there, done that horse, right? The tried and true. I had the womb issues. I had the reproductive issues. I was the person that was in pain all of the time. And so what really happened with my business is I was huge in fitness, traveling the world, doing all these things. And I started out more on the aesthetics. I'll be honest, right? How to have that good looking body, right? So we're like, how do we snatch the waist? How do we be slim thick? You know, like this is what we're doing. We're exercising. I'm traveling, creating programming. Yes, I'm talking about a little bit of nutrition, but mostly like how to look good. Mm. And then as I continue to do that, all of a sudden your girl started to not look so good. Number one, number Mm. two, everything I was saying and selling stopped working for me. The hormonal imbalances started outweighing the gym, right? I couldn't out gym the hormones, right? I Mm. couldn't out gym the painful periods, the menstrual health issues, right? I couldn't out gym what was going on with my body. And so I had this real come to Jesus moment. Like there's nothing more humbling than going to a conference and someone congratulating you and asking you how far along you are. And you have to tell them that you're not pregnant, that you're just super bloated, with this crazy disease called endometriosis that nobody really knows anything about, right? It's very humbling when people are like, when's your baby due? And you're like, what baby? (laughs) This is bloated. (laughs) This is is what I look like, right? (laughs) Like, this is my problem. (laughs) So it was like a lot of those humbling experiences, you know, traveling. And to be honest, I'm all about results. And what I was saying stopped working for me, period, point blank. It wasn't working. It was not working. And so it took me 16 years to get my diagnosis. So that was a huge shift, getting the diagnosis. And then realizing like other women of color, especially black women, brown women are sitting around with this same problem. We're blaming our bodies. We're blaming our uterus. We're blaming everything. We hate everything. We hate everyone. We hate ourselves. But to realize that it's really just an undiagnosed, invisible illness. And so for me, endometriosis shifted my world, not only in my career, but as a single mother, I was raising two children. There were days Mm. I couldn't get up off the couch to get my own kids ready for school. Right. So one second I'm on stage telling you all the things to be healthy. One second I'm on channel nine, giving you three health tips to, you know, to snatch your waist. And then the next second I'm like on the bathroom floor, can't move because I'm paralyzed by pain and not knowing what was going on with my body. So once I got the diagnosis, I seen the disparities. I seen the disparities in the black and brown community. I seen what womb health and period health and stigma and all of these things I just, it just opened my world to that. And so it really shifted because that became my passion. I mean, I could no longer just go and teach a conference about, you know, eating chicken and broccoli six times a day is going to rev up your metabolism, knowing good and well, it wasn't working for me. And you could see it wasn't working for me. Right. So I had to kind of be like, okay, girl, like if you want to keep it 100 and keep honest, we're going to have to shift. And so I still very much operate on the mental health, you know, the mindset, the foundation and all that. But the hormonal health and reproductive health, like it has changed my world. A lot of you probably know me from fitness and still very <laughs> much know me in fitness because I hold a bunch of contracts and do things behind the scenes, but it's really about the hormonal health. And for many of us that have a uterus, we don't know what's going on. And so based upon that, we just start hating our body or the biggest thing I see is we normalize pain, you know, oh, my cycle's coming. Oh, I won't be able to go to work. You know, oh, it's going to be a rough week. You know, we have all these stigmas or all of these misconceptions. And so my goal really is to educate, empower and motivate you that you can have an amazing life and still have a uterus. Number one, right. You can still have an amazing life, even if you're dealing with endometriosis, PCOS or fibroids. 
So if you don't mind, because I know some people that are probably listening, they're like, endometriosis. I think right. I know what that is. They're like, super kind of explain- what? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes. Give us a little rundown, like the down so, and dirty. What is endometriosis? Yes. <laughs> down and dirty. So this is what I will say. Endometriosis is not a rogue period. That's number one. So mm. I know some of you are like, <gasps> what? Yes, I'm, I'm coming for you. It is not a period problem. It is not a reproductive health problem. Mm. Endometriosis is uterine-like tissue found outside of the uterus. So it's not retrograde period. I know Dr. Google is telling you one thing, and baby, I'm going to clap back because it ain't what it ain't. And I'm telling you right now, (laughs) it is not a reproductive disorder. It is not a rogue period. It is uterine-like tissue found outside of your uterus. It is hormonally driven. It creates its own hormones. These lesions, like I said, are outside of your uterus, so they can be anywhere. Your shoulder, your sinuses, your ankle, your, you know, it can be anywhere through your body. It also causes chronic systemic inflammation throughout your entire body. So not just period pain, it could be pain outside of your cycle. It could be bleeding outside of your cycle. It could be all of these things. And then to make it a little more exciting and horrible, autoimmune-like factors. So sometimes it can look like an unexplained autoimmune issue, right? You have that immune system. You're the person that someone can cough two miles away and somehow you got a cold, right? Like you're always sick. You're always fighting something. So endometriosis biggest thing to remember, it's not a period issue. It's not you being weak. It's not just, you know, oh, I need to get my period in line. There's something wrong with my uterus. It is chronic systemic inflammation throughout your entire body. Wow. Thank you so much. And then I'm also, as you were saying that, I was wondering in that 16 year process of you trying to get the proper diagnosis, were you being told that you had some type of autoimmune issue? Yes. So I- Came into this lovely earth with the genetics of asthma and allergies. Love my parents, but man, if I could have skipped on that one, but it was <laughs> it is what it is, right? Genetics right. may load the gun. My daily activities pull the trigger. I hate to put it that way. So I had dealt with asthma and allergies, but yes, I was getting a ton of different diagnoses. You know, IBS, which is BS when they don't know what's wrong with your gut, right? Exactly. Then it was lupus. Then it was maybe this. Like it was always like throwing spaghetti at the wall because my body was doing a lot of odd things. Um, mm. For example, a lot of people that have endometriosis have period pain. So that's why we're just like, oh, I'll take some birth control and just turn this period off. Right. This is the thing. It's not a hormonal issue that it's not a period problem. So bringing in synthetic hormones is not going to cure or turn off your endometriosis. We also have pain and bleeding outside of our cycle. So that's another big red flag, you know, Mm -hmm. or we have what we call murder scene periods where you're, you know, wearing the pad and the tampon, you're doubling up on these things. Right. But once again, for a lot of us, we're like, oh, I just have heavy periods. That's just how it is. Or, oh, I just take a few days off work, you know, especially even with fibroids, we just normalize like that's how it's going to be. So I spend a lot of my time just really raising awareness, like what endometriosis is, what it looks like. It's so different for everyone. And the one thing I will add that I always kind of forget, but I'm thinking of it today. So I'll add added in that some people can have silent endometriosis, which is pain-free, zero pelvic pain, no painful periods, nothing like that. But then when it comes to fertility, you have a lot of fertility challenges. They end up going, you know, in laparoscopically, and then you'll see that you have endometriosis in there. So it's one of those things that it can look so different in every single person that just makes it more challenging to diagnose. It's almost like a diagnosis of exclusion after they've Mm. tried everything, unless you get to someone that's like, Ooh, this is endo, right? They know what to look for. It does typically take, I'd say seven to 10 years for most people to get the diagnosis. Wow. That, that is just crazy. So, I know it's crazy. <laughs> it's a lot. Yes. I mean, because I mean, especially if you're 
in, in a position of you're trying different, you know, therapies. And mm -hmm. it's like, at, at one point you, you just, you might even give up. I mean, yes. I don't know if a lot of, you know, people who have uteruses, if they are in those positions where it's just like, forget it. I don't. And, and that's what happens. You do, you really? give up because I, and I'll be very honest and transparent, you know, for me, I got the diagnosis and it was like, okay, thank God I'm not crazy. Cause I'm thinking right. I'm crazy. My doctor's telling me I'm crazy. They think I'm making these things up. And I'm like, I swear to you, I pass out every period. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Cause I got a big bruise when I fell and, you know, cracked wow. my head on the bathtub. Like I know these things are happening, but then you have these dismissive doctors, which don't understand. So then if they don't have a diagnosis, then it must all be in your head. Right. If they hmm. can't find that quick fix, then it must be you. Right. It's at least if you don't have a problem, it must just be in your head. And you're like, okay, right. maybe it is. Then you start questioning your own sanity. So right. yeah, you start giving up. Even once I had the diagnosis, it was also the whole no cure. So do you want to go back on the birth control? You want to go back on the pain pills? Oh, you don't? Well, then I guess you just need to shut up and stop complaining about it. So it was like, okay, I spent 16 years chasing a diagnosis, somewhat grateful that I got the diagnosis. But then at the end of the day, you're also telling me there's no cure. And mm. to go back on the same pharmaceutical band-aids that I've been using, which were not working for me. Like what right. type of quality life is that, right? Like I still had two young children that wanted to go to the park that wanted me to push them on the swing that I needed, you know, I had a two story home, couldn't walk up and down my own stairs. It was like, okay, what does this look like for me long-term? Right. This is what I'm being handed. So yeah, it's wow. very, very discouraging at times. So how did you then discuss, like once you got the diagnosis and you were in the, in the space of trying to find, you know, the best approach to, you know, whatever therapeutic response, how did you get to the point of realizing that it was the nutrition that would then change a lot of what was happening with you with your endometriosis. Absolutely. It's like, you know, my story, I'm like, man, that's the perfect question. Because for me, I believed one of the misconceptions, which is why I spend so much time talking about what it is and what it isn't. I believe the misconception that if I have a hysterectomy, it's going to turn off my period. I'm going to yank out all my lady parts and be better. Well, mm. let's circle back to the definition endometriosis is not inside of your uterus. So once I figured that out, like I'd given up and scheduled a hysterectomy. I'm like, just yank it out. I'm tired of it. I've been on right. the medication, the surgeries, I'm over it. And in that time period of scheduling my hysterectomy and I couldn't get in for six or seven months, that is where my entire world changed. And real talk, as we were talking about an entrepreneur, I was a single mother raising two children. I was like, what can I do to make a year's worth of income in six or seven months? Because I knew that I needed to pay bills for six or seven months, right. then go into a surgery. So I not only needed money to get me to the surgery, but after. So I was like, what do I need to do? And that is when I just shifted all into nutrition because I was like, I've got to change my world. And that right. was the biggest, I repeat, screaming from the mountains, the biggest change for me. Because right. I went from scheduling a hysterectomy to making these lifestyle changes, nutrition changes, going back into my doctor and him being like, whatever you're doing is working, we can do wow. the hysterectomy, but it seems like you're, it's working. And by then I'd also learned hysterectomy wasn't going to help, you know, wasn't going to cure me. So right. I went ahead and didn't do the hysterectomy. And so at 43 years old, I still, you know, have all my parts. I haven't had a hysterectomy and nutrition was huge for me. And it was a mindset shift, right? Because like right. I said, I'm traveling the world telling you to exercise two hours a day and, you know, eat X amount of calories and this, I had to push all of that to the side because mm -hmm. 1200 calories a day, working out for two hours a day, you know, living on protein shakes and vegan this and this, that, the other, that was no longer working. I had to entirely shift my whole mindset and my nutrition to get where I am today. That is amazing because I'm also thinking about how many people 
that have actually just succumbed to just getting that hysterectomy. You know, many, like so many women, especially women of color. And right. I think it's because that's really the only option. Once again, it comes mm. from that misconception. It's a period problem. But over 70%, I repeat, 70% of my patients that I currently have, they all have hysterectomies. Mm. They're still bleeding. They still have pain, right? Because, <laughs> and once again, not coming from the high horse, I fell for it. They told me, I mean, I was at my right. wits end too. I'm out here, you know, let's be honest. You got student loans, all these things. Like we trying to go to work, right? We trying right. to live a good life, but I couldn't live a good life. I had no quality of life. I, I mean, I tell my story and I talk about this in clubhouse a lot. And we're just encouraging people and sharing our stories that I gave up an amazing job because I took the job. I was all excited, got the bonuses, you know, got the big office. I see sweet. I'm ready to rumble. Right. But then two weeks later, I go in in tears and give the job back because I knew that my body was not reliable enough for me right. to show up and show out for what they hired me for. Right. And so right. that is why I do what I do so that you don't have to do, you know, make those mistakes. But nutrition is huge. And I think the power of nutrition, I think when people think nutrition, they're kind of like, okay, let's see what LJ is. Is she keto, paleo, pescatarian? You're right. waiting for one of those titles. Is she Atkins? Like, what is she? And right. here's the thing. She is a nothing, right? She just be eating <laughs> the foods that right. balance hormones and that work for me. And what works for me may be different for you. But I think we have to, I think society, especially with everything that's gone on the last two and a half years, right. we're kind of taking our power back and taking our health back and realizing that these pharmaceuticals may be a part of our healing journey, but they're only going to take us so far. And I think that's where we're kind of pushing back now. Like, okay, every time I come in, you're putting me on another pharmaceutical and then I got more right. side effects. P.S. I'm on seven meds and I still feel horrible. So it's like, okay, wh what's going on here, right? So it's opening your mind to functional medicine, integrative medicine, natural options. And it's, I mean, food is huge. I mean, you're eating this food, it's your fuel. It's either going to heal you or hurt you. And it's really just finding the foods and the things that you can do to naturally balance your hormones, which I know sounds easier said than done, but right. that's essentially what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, you know, I think with a lot of people, like you were saying, I think we're at a point now where we are seeking that agency for ourselves, Like we, we want to be con in control of our health for so long. I get to even think about like my, my, um, my mother and even just my, just elders in general, how they would put so much trust in, into Western medicine and not realizing that there are other avenues. I mean, my family also kind of dibbles in like, um, I always say witchcraft, right? <laughs> you know, just different, you know, remedies and all that. So that was always a part of who we were um, as people. Um, but at the same time, just trusting everything and not getting those second opinions and just, hey, I guess I need a hysterectomy. So I'm not going to fight them. They're the professional, right? Right. We, we trust the white coat sometimes right. more than we trust our own internal gut. Right. But when you've been told it's in your head, when you've been dismissed for years and years and years, I remember sitting in my Tahoe and just crying, right. Going to an appointment and sitting at my car crying. And I'm like, I think he's right. Like maybe this is in my head, but then the, your girl looking in her bank account and I'm like, no, cause I haven't been to work in two weeks and there's not a paycheck in here because right. I really didn't go to work cause I really couldn't. So I'm like, I think it's in my head. But it's affecting my quality of life. I can't put my kids in that soccer camp. I can't take them on this fake, like I can't cover my expenses. So, and then even when I transition from working from someone else, even the more as an entrepreneur, as a beginning entrepreneur, you're also AKA a solopreneur, baby. If you're not showing up, you're the main talent in your company. 
Right. If you're not showing up, who cares if you have an EIN and all that stuff, baby, you're not making no money. I mean, like, right. there was a real struggle there. So it was partly yeah. like I was being dismissed and I was wanting to buy it, but I'm like, I'm a business owner and I'm canceling all my patients every second. Like right. I'm not able to travel anymore. Like there's clearly something going on. And so that's why I tell people like, if you know, when you're knower, that's the most professional way I can put it. If you know, her is knowing that something is not right. You need to find a physician that will listen. Yeah. And I, it's so important to either have those second opinions or even look, I guess also too, for clients of yours, in terms of them actually, what, in terms of the services that are being provided by, by Dr. Johnson, mm -hmm. how, like wh where in terms of you stepping in to help them with any questions they would then present to their provider um, in terms of any type of alternative um, yes. therapies, what does that look like for a client that you're working with? Because I'm pretty sure they, they still see someone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're right? still going to your OB-GYN and baby, I'm a master at the questions. I mean, <laughs> I'm so bad. I'll answer a question with the question. Me and my right. boyfriend were just talking about this and I'm trying to undo a little bit of that. But I'm like, questions? Oh, honey, I can ask questions all day long. Right. Rattle that cage and get exactly what I need. But it's really asking the questions and being upfront with your doctor. Right. This is my diagnosis. This is what's going on. But here's the deal. I want to have children. I want to be able mm. to go to work. I'm not. And it's also explaining to them. And I'm huge on advocating for yourself. But here's the thing. Going in when you're in pain and you want to cuss out everybody in the office, that's probably not going to bring you the best results, right? That's what I see a lot of next to you got two years of complaints and you didn't book an extensive appointment. So you booked mm. a regular appointment, which was seven minutes long, maybe 10 if he was talking slow and right. you got two hours worth of, yeah, you're going to feel dismissed. You booked a mini appointment and you have two years worth of information to talk about 20 years right. of pain, book an extensive appointment. Yes, there are doctors that are being dismissive, but you kind of set, I want responsibility on both sides. You don't set yourself up for success if you don't book that extensive appointment, right? If you're right. passing out during your cycle, heavy bleeding, cramping, all of these things, you need an extensive appointment to actually talk to them about what's going on. And a lot of the times you're not booking an appointment with enough time, right? Now, once mm. you have enough time, documentation. I'm huge on documentation. Some people love to write. I'll be honest, I don't. I will talk text and just throw it all on and I'll clean it up in my Google Doc. But have some records, right? Right. If you're going to go in and talk about it, let them know, hey, in July, I passed out on the second day of my period. In mm. August, you know, I had a bunch of cramping and bleeding. I couldn't go to work for two days. Like, Give them as much information. I think sometimes we're in too much pain, we're overwhelmed, or we're over-medicated and we can't even think clearly to communicate what's going on. Now, once you've done all that and they're not listening, sometimes you got to fire your doctor. As a doctor, right. I'm just going to say, I've had to fire one. I recently let my GI doctor go. Right. God bless him. But, you know, when he comes to me and telling me I know too much, that doesn't wow. work for me because this is my body. So right. <laughs> how can I know too much about my body? I don't know. I'm going to fire you. And then we can all sit around and think about it. Cause I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, bro, I'm in here for 10 minutes. I'm double right. over in pain. I'm having these issues. And that was his, he's like, I think you just know too much. Mm. Okay. Well, I think this will be our last appointment. <laughs> right. Exactly. I need someone that cares. I don't think you're caring. You're being dismissive, but right. set yourself up for success. Have the journal, have the notes. The other thing, bring support system, bring someone, may it be a yes. spouse, a partner, a girlfriend. I know for me, I bring my daughter to a lot of my appointments. She knows the rundown of what's going on because you really, I think it's just when we get in there, we're in pain, 
we're discouraged, we're tired of doctors dismissing us. We kind of go in this also with this attitude like, okay, here's another doctor that's not going to listen. And I'm telling you, it takes a certain set of skills. And I work with my patients on the questions to ask. And then also sometimes it's literally, you know, I've got all the questions and I'm like, here, put it on your iPad, ask these questions. These are follow up questions. And then sometimes it's just, you know, following the blueprint, right? There has been times your girl may have had to jump on the virtual medicine appointment with them. (laughs) I was on one earlier today and they're like, oh, you bringing your period coach? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, here I am. (laughs) Not quite the period coach, but yes. And it's funny because the doctors, they respect that. They're like, LJ asks good questions, you know? And I mean, sometimes they're kind of like, well, I don't know who she is to tell me. I'm not trying to tell you anything. I'm here to advocate, right? Also having a patient advocate can be helpful, right? So there's tons of things. I think we just get overwhelmed, especially when you're dealing with chronic pain and yeah. an invisible illness. It's different. You know, if I'm on crutches, I'm in a wheelchair. Everyone's like, what can I do to help you? Right. But when you look perfectly fine, right? And you have the look of healthy or like for me, I'm on the news telling people how to be healthy. So they didn't assume there was anything wrong with me because they're like, we just seen you at 5 a.m. And I'm like, well, that was at 5 a.m. At six right. o'clock, I'm passing out. I couldn't walk. I'm doubled over in pain. Right. You know, so it's, Hard to get the care you need when you have an invisible illness, but you have to have the support system and you just have to stay consistent. That is, yeah. And I think that's the most important is being consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, like you were saying that, that you can easily just feel defeated and give up. Absolutely. And then, you know, God knows what could happen from there. I did also want to talk about, like, so in terms of like, are there certain foods that can either hinder or help with, right. um, endometriosis. So everyone's nutrition is different when it comes to endometriosis. Now, what I will say is I found the more organic, the more natural, the better. The meats, you know, I, sorry, Red Robin, I'm just going to use you as an example, right? That Red Robin hamburger may not sit as well as the grass fed organic without all the hormones. So this is the thing, especially when you're dealing with endometriosis and fibroids, I feel like your toxic load is at a max, especially when you're dealing with fibroids. Fibroids are really hormones and toxins. Your body is trying to wrap these toxins. So your your body's like, I can't take anymore, right? So I'm coming for y'all. The Bath and Body Works perfume, the colognes, all of these different things are chemicals that mimic sometimes estrogen, that mimic other hormones. So if your hormones are already wonky or really high in one area, and then you're slathering on lotion, you're eating, you know, dairy, but it's not organic. You're taking in the non-organic fruits and vegetables. You're eating a lot of processed food then your body starts giving you that check engine light, which are the symptoms. And so typically we don't, you know, until the check engine light comes on, until there's a symptom, we're kind of like, oh, everything's cool. But what I would say is there's no cookie cutter. So there is no endo diet. I know many people, I did an episode on my podcast, how the endo diet is crap, because there is no endo diet. There is no, if everyone eats this, that, and the other, we're all going to be better because some foods that may work for me, someone else could try them and they could be their kryptonite. I know for me personally, I had a lot of food sensitivities. And so it was a lot of my gut that needed to be healed. It Mm. wasn't necessarily like I had food allergies. It was just a lot of food sensitivities when that leaky gut was not working properly. Those junctions weren't tight. Everything was getting through and everything was like poison to my body. Now, what I have seen is that gluten, wheat, and dairy don't typically work. They just, it's not that they don't work. It's more thinking about it this way. It's inflaming to your body. So if your body is already dealing with chronic systemic inflammation, 
because of the endometriosis, you know, that extra grilled cheese, that wheat, that pasta, whatever it may be, possibly finding a healthier alternative will be better so that your body is not as inflamed. Um, but even when it comes to fruits and vegetables, I know for me in the beginning of my healing journey, there were certain vegetables, for example, nightshades that didn't work for me. So like white potatoes, eggplant, um, peppers, as much color as they were, like tomatoes, those were inflaming to my body. I had more gut healing to do before I could bring those vegetables in. So it's really specialized when it comes to endometriosis because everyone's symptoms are different. Right. But typically there's a lot of gut health issues going on and a lot of gut healing needs to take place before you can really open up like the foods that you can eat. That, and it, that's so interesting because I know some people are probably on pins and needles like, what is she going to tell me? What do I need right. to do to change Because <laughs> they want that cookie cutter programming. Right. This is not to plug myself, but that's when we need to hop on a discovery call. That's when we need to see what's actually going on. Because yes, if you go to my Instagram, I talk about ginger tea and peppermint tea and little things that help. But right. here's the thing. I don't know what's going on with your gut. I get the right. message. I got a message a couple of days ago. You know, what can I do for bloating? I sent her back a bunch of questions and she's like, oh, I didn't even think about all that. I'm like, okay. You're bloated. Are you bloated before you eat? Are you bloated after you eat? Are you bloated right. when you wake up in the morning? Like, I need more information. Like, there right. is no, <laughs> if it was that easy, I would be airdropping all of the things to you, but it's right. not that easy. We have to have a customized healing protocol. And that's the biggest thing. Like, right, we love social media. We love to DIY from Dr. Google and YouTube University and Pinterest and all of these things. Right. But with endometriosis, you really need a plan for yourself, right? And so right. that's why I don't do cookie cutter programming. Um, nothing against group coaching, but right. I really like to do more one-on-one -on -one because what works for me won't work for Alicia, wouldn't work for Stephanie. Right. And if I had everyone doing the same macros, everyone taking the same supplement, you're not right. going to get the healing wins that you deserve. So I'm glad you brought up you know, people reaching out to you. So the Indo Warrior Academy. Yes. Write it down. Like if I am, you know, looking for, you know, Dr. Johnson in terms of like starting this program, what would that look like? So you said initially it's the call. So I do a free discovery call. And so my yeah. Ender Warrior Academy is for those people. And I have it on my ljspowerhouse.store now. It's more digital. So you go on and oh, it's nice. at your own pace, right? You don't uh -huh. quite get to meet with me. We got to tear up to be actually get that <laughs> whole LJ experience. But this is for my people that are like, okay, I have endometriosis. I know that I need some help. I don't know where to start, right? I would recommend you do the Endo Warrior Academy or better yet, if you go over to ljspowerhouse.store, I have what's called an endometriosis power pack. You're mm -hmm. going to get videos on nutrition, fitness, supplements, a lot of different things to just kind of put in your endo toolbox. I think when you get the you know diagnosis, you're overwhelmed. You're on Facebook. Everyone's saying this, that, and the other. You don't know where to turn. That endometriosis power pack and my Shopify store is where I would start. And then it's similar than that. Then I'm sorry, similar then why am I saying similar than what? I don't it's even know what I'm saying. Jesus it. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited over here. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I love it. It's so awesome. it's a little different. We may edit that out if we can. If not, yes. that's fine. I'm like, right, what am I saying? Totally Similar than what? I'm like, I don't even know what I'm thinking over here. Jesus, help me. Let me rewind. So yes, instead of doing the Endo Warrior Academy, I'd recommend going over to the store and doing the endometriosis power pack because you have all the tools to really get you started. Now, for some right. people, you're like, I've been on this journey. Mm. I've done the nutrition. I've done all this. So if you're there, I wouldn't recommend that. 
go straight to the discovery call because we probably need to do some functional testing. I'm huge on testing rather than guessing, right? right. I don't do cookie cutter supplements. So, so many times people are like, you know, what do I need? Yes, digestive enzymes. There's generic things you can do. But I mean, when you're talking about that, we're looking at stress, we're looking at hormones, we're looking at infections, your environment, toxins those things are going to be more specialized to your problems, you know, to your symptoms when it comes to endometriosis. That is, that's, that's awesome. Because like, like you were saying, like just having like a cookie cutter approach to it. I think some people will probably also feel like they're like lost in the cracks with something like yes. that. So this approach is, is awesome because one, you probably feel heard and seen finally right. after so many years of trying to convince people like, no, something is really wrong. <laughs> right, right. And it's it's figuring out like, okay, it's okay to not be okay. But right. my big thing is once we figure that out, what's next, right? We can't right. just sit in pain. We can't just sit in misery. And I think that's sometimes when you're overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, you're just overwhelmed that you, do, you don't know what to do, right? right? So you're almost, I think it, when I put it that way, it's just you're frozen in fear. You're mm -hmm. frozen in fear. You're like, I've got the diagnosis. There's no cure. I want to have kids. I can't go to work. You know, what do I do? grab the endometriosis power pack. But if you've done all the things and you're like, Hey, I need the more one-on-one, -on -one, I want that true LJ experience, then hop on that discovery call. Um, and then there's also other, other options. Sometimes people just want to jump on an hour and they just want to pick my brain for an hour. So there's mm. all of those options. If you click on work with me, you will see everything that I offer. I love it. And then also before we go, you also offer um, like, like almost like a mental health component to this as well. Yes. Yes. So I roll that into all of my coaching, but sometimes there, like I said, a couple of days ago, I had someone and she was just like, I just need the mindset, the foundational work. And so I yeah. do a lot of mental health work with chronic illness warriors and invisible illness warriors, because it's hard to have a therapist. It's hard to have a support team that doesn't understand pain. Like I right. understand pain. I wake up every morning with the diagnosis is over here, but I choose to do these certain things so that the diagnosis is aren't in the front seat and I'm just going around, you know, for the ride in pain. And right. so I do a lot of mindset work, a lot of manifestation. And it's not just the woo woo of, oh, if you think and believe, because let's right. be honest, right? When you're in pain or if you're dealing with a chronic illness, just thinking positive thoughts, baby, that's not going to get you, nowhere, right? We've all been there, right? right. <laughs> People are like, just don't focus on the pain. It's hard when every nerve in my body is on fire, right? right. So I give yeah. you action steps and action tools that may not numb all the pain, but it definitely shifts your mindset where you're better equipped to handle it. I love that. I mean, just hearing about this, this is an approach I've never, I just didn't know was out there for people that were um, in this position with like, you know, either fibroid concerns. And we have to actually, if, if you don't mind, I would love to have you back just to talk about fibroids because no, I definitely. know- that is another major concern, especially with women of color um, and, and women in my family that have had uh, fibroids and for them to actually go through the surgery and then find out later that they didn't have to do all these surgical procedures. And it's just like, what? It's so disheartening, right? It's, it once again, we don't know what we don't know. And that's right. why we need to talk about our experiences. I know it's not the funnest thing to go to girls night to talk about period health all over again, but I'm telling you, you're not the only one suffering in silence. Everybody's showing up to girl not, girls night, masking the pain, masking yeah. their situation, having these issues. So we just need to start having these conversations, like you said, before the hysterectomy, right? right? Before you're missing months and months of work, you know, before it's affecting your career and your family. It's, it's speaking out and being comfortable with 
This is part of the process. You know, we don't have to be miserable because we have a period. We don't have to be miserable going into perimenopause or menopause. Like it is a part of the journey, but we need to get the tools in our toolbox. Oh, this was amazing. I, LJ, seriously, like you are a wealth of knowledge. You are like a ball of energy and I love it. I'm, <laughs> I'm very like interjective. I'm like, yes, bring it on. <laughs> yes. I love it. But before we go, please, please, please let everyone know where they can find you. I'll also share this information in the show notes, but definitely let everyone know where they can find you. Click those links in the show notes, but definitely Instagram is a fun place to hang out. It is LJS. It's so funny when people like you're a powerhouse and I'm like, oh, that's my Instagram. It's LJS underscore powerhouse. Did you even know it? Yes. So hang over, hang out over on Instagram. Lots of free resources. You can click the link on Instagram, go shop in my store. The click the free discovery link. I mean, there's so many different things on that link. So I would say go to Instagram, definitely check out my podcast as well. If you're like, all right, I got endo. I need some tools in my toolbox. The holistic with a W holistic endo expert podcast. And we talk all things endo, PCOS, fibroids, just everything women's health. That is awesome. And I, like I said, I am so honored to have had this opportunity with you because I know so many people that are struggling with these actual right. issues. And I think I told you before um, we were on the phone, a friend of mine reached out about right. just having a conversation around womb health as it relates to nutrition. And so if you're listening, Gitty, this is for you. Yes, <laughs> we love you. We're here for you. Yes, It's yes, all yes. about community. It's all about yes, community. Yes, for sure. Once again, thank you again. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you all next week. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Bye. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Eating Me podcast. We are in the holiday season. And I mean in. And some of us are stressed to the max trying to figure out what to get our loved ones for the holidays. Have no fear. Leisha's here. Share this podcast as a holiday gift for those that you love. They'll love it. They'll be excited and happy that you shared this amazing podcast with them. It's for everyone. Everyone eats. Everyone has struggles. Everyone has triumphs. People want to learn how to cook. People want to know how to best navigate their daily lives as it relates to eating. So this is a no-brainer. Share the podcast. Continue to rate and review. And if you've not, please rate and review the podcast and the episodes of this podcast. Pretty stellar work here, if I may say so myself. And also, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, what are you waiting for? Go on and subscribe to the Eat Me podcast. You'll be the first to know when episodes air. Why not join that part of this whole fun community and be one of the first to know that the podcast episodes are ready to roll when they actually are launching? I love y'all. Have a wonderful holiday season, and I will see y'all next week.